Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Our Job, Job 42, verse 16. It says, After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. I'd like to preach a message today simply entitled, After This. I want to say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your presence, for your word, for your faithfulness, God. I pray, God, that you would just be with us the rest of this service together. Touch and move as only you can in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The book of Job is comprised of 18,098 English words. And towards the tail end of the story, there are two words that just jumped out to me this last week. And I'll tell you what they are in a minute, but let me remind you of what the book is all about. The book of Job is probably the oldest book in the Bible. Job's story is absolutely epic. It's one of the most famous stories of all time. It's ubiquitous, universal. It's been cited by believers and unbelievers alike throughout all time in every part of the world. It's the story of Job's gut-wrenching trial, a trial of such devastation that it's hard to fathom. All of hell's fury was unleashed on Job. His family was wiped out. All ten of his kids were killed in one day. His finances were wiped out. He went from riches to rags in one day. His health was wiped out. He went from the picture of health to a heap of rotting flesh in a very short period of time. And on top of that, his friends added insult to injury. They misinterpreted everything that had happened to Job. They gave him terrible advice, hurtful counsel, and made his life even more miserable, if that were even possible. And then there was Mrs. Job. She was a real bastion of encouragement. She saw him there in his squalor, scraping his sores with shards of pottery and said, why don't you just curse God and die? How encouraging is that? I mean, Job was living in a nightmare. Job 7.3 says, so I have allotted months of futility and wearisome nights have been appointed to me. And Job 29.2 says, oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God watched over me. Job 30 and 16 and Job 30, 27 speak of Job's days of his affliction. According to Job 2, 13, his friends sat with him seven days and seven nights without saying a word. How much fun was that, right? It probably would have been better if they'd have kept their mouths shut. But we don't know how long Job suffered before they came along or after they left. So Job never mentions years, only days and months when he speaks of his afflictions. So Job's trial lasted probably more than a couple of months and probably less than a year. Other scholars I've read after say that his, his trial lasted somewhere around nine months. Nine months of misery, nine months of mayhem, nine months of hell on earth. It was a story for the ages, one that still talks to us, speaks to us to this day, a story that took 270 days to unfold and 18,098 words to tell. But the two words that stuck out to me this last week are 
the 177th word and the uh, 18,077th word and the 18,078th word. Those two words go like this. After this. After this. You know what that tells me? That tells me that this, which described, a pronoun that described all of his trial, this had an expiration date. This was just a season. After this. Can I tell you that what you are going through, what you are facing has an after this. It has an expiration date. There is an after your this that is coming. Psalm 30 and 5 says, Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And I'm here to tell you, in your story, you may only have 1,400 words left in your night season, in your trial, in your pain. You may be only uh, 280 words left to the end of your struggle. Maybe you're only 10 words away from the end of your struggle. But you hear this preacher today, there is an after this in your future. There is an expiration date. There's an after this. Starting on August 21st, our daughter-in-law, Roe, began 26 hours of labor to bring our second grandchild into the world. It's, um, it all seemed normal until the last few hours when it began to suddenly get very traumatic. As Roe labored to give birth to baby E, or Ezra as we call him, Caleb, Valerie, and Debbie were in the room with Roe and Mike and I were sitting on a little bench right outside her room when all of a sudden a nurse came running out with a panicked look on her face. There were no more smiles. There was no more laughter. Nobody was taking selfies, celebrating. That celebratory atmosphere quickly evaporated. The party was over. And they quickly wheeled her out of that room into OR for an emergency C-section. And in just a matter of minutes, Caleb called us He gave me a call in the waiting room, and he said, Dad, please, y'all need to pray. Roe is having complications, and and, and the baby's not breathing. And I'm telling you, unashamedly and, 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 and very immediately and out loud, the Williams and the Hills turned that waiting room into a prayer meeting room. It got thick up in there quick. The presence of God settled in there as we called on the name of the Lord. You see, Ezra had been in distress He spent the next four nights in NICU. Valerie spent his first nights with him in that NICU unit. And and, and I could give you more details about his oxygen levels, his heart rate, his sugar levels, the torn lung, the blood work, rose complications, and on and on. But the bottom line is this. Baby and, and mama are all okay. I've got some pics. I thought I'd take advantage again of the bully pulpit. I've got some pics. There, there's, there he is. Oh, that's me. Wow. There's mama. I think we have a little a little clip here of him. What? Oh, oh, that is baby Ezra. Everything is just fine now. They're rocking, and to God be the glory. But my point is this. After all of that trauma, there is an after this. After this, after all of that trial and pain, he got out. He went home. He met Oscar, the giant dog that they own. He talked to Lyra on FaceTime. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying. The devil may have hit you really hard. It may have been a difficult season for you. 
smiles and a lot of pain and a lot of struggle. Maybe you've been misunderstood, judged, misjudged. People have gotten it wrong. The pain and loss seem overwhelming and devastating. But listen, beyond all of this, there is an after. There is an after this in your future. A future that is filled with favor. A future that is filled with hope. A future that is filled with blessing and restoration and renewal and promotion. A new day. A fresh start. A do-over. A new beginning. Job's trial lasted about nine months. That's the gestation process, isn't it? It's like the trial gave birth to a new day. I believe God's going to give some of you a new vision, a new day, a, a new beginning. Maybe you lost your marriage. I believe God can send somebody else back into your life. Maybe you lost your business. God can give you a new idea, a new job. Maybe you lost your fire for God that you once had. But I serve a God who can put a fresh revival in your soul and ignite a passion for God like you've never had before. There is an after this in your future. Come on, give him praise right now. Can you do it? Hallelujah! Oh, man, I feel this so strong. Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But between verses 1 and 2, something happened. Some kind of disaster broke out. I believe that. In the beginning, God created everything to be inhabited. Isaiah said that. But the world was without form. That, that wording can be translated and often is, the world became without form and void. God created it to be inhabited, perfect. He doesn't mess things up. But something happened that made it chaotic, empty, and dark. So what happened next? Did God panic? Did he, did he just freak out and say, it's all ruined, it's come to nothing, I can't believe this? No, here's what God did. He began to speak, and he began to give creation a new beginning, a Genesis week. That's where it all started. And God said, let there be. He looked into the chaotic, the formless, the dark, the void, and he went to work. Let there be, and there was. Maybe I'm talking to you today. Maybe your beginning started out fantastic, awesome, so much promise, but then something happened that ripped your world apart. And, and, and there was chaos that broke out in darkness. I'm here to tell you, I serve a God who knows how to look into the chaos of your life and begin to speak a new beginning. Let there be, and there's nothing the darkness can do to stop it. There is an after this in your future. You say, well, Donovan, that sounds great, but you don't understand. I'm partly responsible for what happened in my life. I blew it myself. I messed up. Let me read to you something that David said. David had an amazing beginning. He was anointed, that young shepherd boy, to be the next king of Israel. He slew bears and, and he slew lions and he watched over his sheep and, and, and God had blessed him so much and then he killed Goliath and he was leading the, the people of the Lord into incredible victory. But then he looked out of his window one day. He should have been at war, but he, he got lazy and he stayed home and he saw Bathsheba. And you know the rest of the story. He blew it. His world fell apart. Nathan the prophet called him out on it. He lost a child. But David penned the 51st Psalm. And I love this Psalm. I'm going to read it to you in the way it's put in the message. Verses 7 through 10, I believe. 
It says, soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean. Scrub me and I'll have a snow white life. Tune me into foot tapping songs. Set these once broken bones to dancing. Don't look too close for blemishes. Give me a clean bill of health. God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. I'm telling you, God knows how to look into the chaos, even if you brought it on yourself. And he knows how to put a song back in your soul. And he knows how to give you new songs to sing about new mercies and fresh mercies every day. Let me tell you something. He knows how to put it after this in your future. You hear what I'm saying? Think of it from Job's perspective. Job had so much figured out. Job knew every bit of his story except one part, a very important part. He knew the who, what, when, how, but he didn't know the why. He knew the who, what, when, how, but he didn't know the why. You see, Job didn't read the first chapter of Job. He didn't have that perspective. All he knew was, all my kids are gone. All my wealth is gone. My health is gone. And who are these friends in the first place that are rattling all this stuff off to me? He was confused. He, he, was, he didn't understand. And, and he didn't understand that the devil had accused God of setting up a system that was flawed where man only serves you because you bless him. He became the representative of all mankind, Job did. He didn't understand this. God was saying, I'm telling you, he serves me for more than just what I give him. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying. He serves me because of who I am. The devil tried to make the case that God's system was flawed, but faith is so much deeper and bigger than just believing God for stuff. It's about saying, though he slay me, Yet will I serve him. Naked came I into this world, and naked shall I leave, but I will bless the name of the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. When you can't answer the why, you have to trust in the who. You've got to understand, I know in whom I've trusted. When you can't see his hand, you've got to trust his heart. Anthony Butler was talking to me today before service about a season in his life, and I loved it. He said, I went through a season of uh, the trial of my life. I didn't understand what was coming next. I didn't understand how I got there. I didn't understand what was going on. But all I had to do was worship him in the night. I became a night worshiper. And during that season, I began to realize I will come out of this one day. I don't know when, but I will. Somebody needs to hear that today. You may be going through that trial, that valley of the shadow of death, but there is an exit. There is an expiration date. There is a future. There's an after this in your future. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise right now. Hallelujah. When you can't answer why, you got to trust the who. Stand with me right now. Spurgeon said, we don't all have the same experience as Job, but we all have the same God. I can't relate to Job on every level, but I can relate to him on this level. The same God. 
that was faithful to Job is faithful to me. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. The Bible said he blessed him with a double portion. He was probably 140 years old when this started. And he had another 140 years. He got, he didn't get his old kids back, but he got new kids. And he got twice the wealth. God wants to remind somebody today, after this, there is an after to your this. Russell, our poet laureate here at LifePoint, gave me a, a writing that just so fit as he looked at a rainbow. Listen to this. Looking at a rainbow today got me to thinking how it is formed by light shining through the water vapor in a storm. Each tiny water droplet acts like a prism and refracts the light into its separate colors. In the same way, God can shine his light through a storm in our life using every minute detail to create something beautiful. You can't have a rainbow without a storm. Some of you, you've been facing storms. When is this going to end? I don't know. But God can bring beauty out of the chaos. Beauty out of the storm. Worship Him in the middle of the storm, knowing there's an after this. There is an expiration date. It's going to come to an end. There's a new day dawning in my life. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Father, I thank you so much for moving in my heart this week, encouraging me, putting this message in my spirit to share with somebody today that needed to hear it. There's an after this. There's an expiration date. There's an end to the struggle, end to the trial. There's a new day coming. It'll just be a story that I can tell and I can share and people can say, wow. But oh, it's, it's no longer going on. It's, it's just a memory. I can help somebody else through this and explain to them, listen, it'll come to an end. God is faithful. Don't give up. Don't turn around. Walk on in faith. Just trust Him. Put your hand in His hand. Just walk on. Just trust Him. Walk on. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. The devil's a liar. Don't listen to those voices. Those friends are telling you dumb things. Don't listen to them. Trust the faith that God put in your heart to begin with. I'm going to walk with you, Lord. I'm going to trust you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 It's a new day coming. It's a new day. After this. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by the preaching of God's Word. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, or if you plan to attend one of our services, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.